Blog Talk Radio. That's fair. That's 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 not your you know 
that's not your style. That's that's not your style to watch. That's cool. Um, but moving gets you tired. <laughs> it just does. Um, so that's another reason why people can't do it, actually. But, yeah, will he be on his P's and Q's? Will he cross his T's and dot his I's? Charlo's going to have to come up with the perfect not only game plan, but stick to it the whole time. And then Canelo, the biggest thing about Canelo, you know, that's the thing about size. Canelo, I've said it before too, Canelo doesn't win fights at 168 because of his size. It's because of his skill. Now, he can outpower some of these guys, no doubt, and and he actually does kind of get picky and try to slowly but surely walk a guy down. He likes a slow pace. And if, you know, Charlo's going to get picky and, and, you know, try to load up on punches and try to go for a knockout or something. Yeah, that would be a mistake in my mind. But the biggest thing about Canelo is the down slide, right? Now, I don't think he's over the hill. I think that's ridiculous. And over the hill means you're, you're past it. You're spent, right? I'm not calling him chop liver. But, you know, he, he, he's, he's, he's over the hill to me is done, basically. Nowhere near the same fighter. Um, now, you could say he's, you know, he already peaked as a fighter. I'd say he peaked a few years ago. I think that's fair. Um, and you could say he's on the downslide, but, like, how steep is that slope and where is he at? You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I didn't see this major drop-off. You know what I mean? I think that's been overdone. I mean, he even admitted he hasn't looked great some of that was injury. Some of that was maybe opponent uh, when it comes to Ryder or something like that. I don't know. You know, there's times where I thought he could have got Ryder out there, and I thought a few years ago he probably would have. But, you know, some people think that it's just the wear and tear. It's not even the punishment. You know, it's not even the punishment. Um, the punishment, well, it's punishment, but it's just different kinds, like punishment on your body, the rounds in the gym just everything, just the whole nine, losing weight the whole nine. So I think it's a great matchup, though. And, you know, if Caleb Plant, um, and I think to a lesser extent, but still won rounds, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, he maybe didn't make it as long or whatever. Canelo caught him with that perfect punch, but really caught him both with with perfect punches, really. But um, I think he wins rounds in the first half. I mean, that's not – I'm not going on the limb on that one. You know, I think that's a pretty basic thing. It's just a matter of mid and late what that fight's looked like, you know what I mean? And, and like I said, how disciplined is Charlo in this fight? Is he just worried about winning the round and not worrying about landing the big, big punch? Well, then he can win rounds. But if he's in there just looking for a certain shot, sometimes he gets picky. I don't think we'll see that as much, but he does have to put, you know, that perfect performance out there, basically. Maybe not perfect, but um, – and the, the cool thing is he is coming off – it was a while ago, but he's coming off a Castaño fight where he put it all together. He really did as a pro. He Everything that you thought from his old style, which he's going to have to bring out, that a lot of people didn't like, and they favored his brother because his brother was trying to make the fight um, in the ring. A lot of people would say that. Um, but it kind of went to the other way where he, he, you know, started knocking people out and he kind of fell in love with his power looking for one shot. 
Meanwhile, he's losing rounds. So, you know, can he go back to back, you know, damn near flawless, um, you know, fights? I, I don't know. I don't know. I just think that we're going to see a different Charlo, more like the one we saw against Castagna. We'll talk about the undercard. That co-feature's awesome. I love the whole card, actually. I think it's it's a damn good card. Um, you know, we're going to find out where your Dennis Ugas is. You know, he hasn't fought in a while. He had that major eye issue. And, uh, you know, if he's where he was a couple years ago, or, or a year and a half ago or whatever, going into the, the Spence fight, I, I think he should beat Mario Barrios. I think it's a good opponent for him to come back to. But if he's not right there and, he, and he's kind of lost it a little bit, or who knows, you know, out of the ring doesn't look good. He's not a guy that blows up either, though. Um, Barrios could snatch it. But I do favor Ugas in that. But we'll talk a little bit about the whole card, like or a lot of it, I should say. Um, and then, of course, we'll start in the ring. Um, Zhang Joyce, the rematch, went even quicker. When, I didn't anticipate it going that quick, to be honest with you. I, I picked Zhang and I stuck to my guns, which wasn't easy. You know, these last two rematches were tough, i got to admit. This one especially, but even the the Eubank. You know, I stuck with my guns with the Eubank Jr., and it paid off. I, I stuck with it on this one as well. Um, so, yeah, that, that Zhang, man, he's got, a, he's got an interesting next – let's say two, three years. I hope he gets some big fights. We'll see where that goes. So we'll talk about that. Um, we'll talk about uh, Richardson Hitchin, uh, Hitchens going against uh, Jose Zapata, Zapata. Um, you know, I, I thought it was a clean performance. That's obvious, right? He didn't really lose many moments of the whole fight let alone rounds, you know, it's not like he lost four rounds or something like that. Um, no, I think it was, it's fair to say he could have stepped on the gas a little bit. He even mentioned how he, he needs to be a little bit more entertaining. But, you know, we can all say that from the sidelines. But you get the dub, you get the dub. That's what I'll say. So I'm kind of in between on that. I'm not – I don't look at that performance as just – a horrible play of boxing that I'd never watch again or something like that. I have seen that online. I think that's way the fuck over top. Like I said, everybody has um, certain fighters and fight styles and whatever, a type of fighter that they like, that they prefer. Um, I'm kind of all purpose, to be honest with you, but I do understand there were certain things where it's like, man, he could have stepped up there. Could have been a little bit more active there, not necessarily going for the knockout, but we'll talk about that. I also thought that uh, I didn't, I thought the draw was a, was a bad uh, I thought it was going to be the co-feature, but I guess having Connor Ben on that, in that 10 rounder was the co-feature, if I remember correctly. Uh, but McCaskill and Ryan, I, I thought she got screwed to be honest. I, I didn't think it was a draw. I thought she lost uh, McCaskill. We'll talk a little bit about that, and then we will talk a little Connor Ben. You know, Chris Algieri ended up uh, getting kicked off the broadcast. I thought that was pretty fucked up. Um, you know, him saying something 
on a podcast or whatever. Um, I get some of it, you know, a little bit of it, but so he would be biased. They're saying you're already biased against him. Um, but they could have also talked to him like, hey, dude, you know, we, we really don't want this to get some kind of – we don't want to turn it into, like, too much of a back-and-forth vendetta thing. And I think Algieri would have been professional, you know. I think he would have been professional if he, if he was told, hey, dude, let's not make this about – and I don't think he'd go and make it about himself. Algieri doesn't – you know, I've interviewed him a couple times. He doesn't come across to me like that type of guy, but you never know what he would have done because we don't know, but it is fucked up. And when it comes down to biasness, dude, really? I mean, we have these promoters sign in, in, you know, promotional outfits, managers, basically the PBC top rank. We have all these, you know, people signed to an individual platform or broadcast or, or, or network, I mean, platform or network. And most people are super biased on this shit anyway. Like, more than they had been in the past. So, can we do something about that then while we're at it? If we're going to only pick and choose when to take people off, I just, I don't know. I thought it was bullshit. I thought it was nonsense. I thought they could have handled that differently. They could have said, hey, you know, here's the deal. Calm the fuck down a little bit. I'm not saying he was passing out, but we don't want to make it about your opinion on it state your stuff and move on type thing. I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't have – maybe he would have been like, nah, I, I'm not going to be told how to broadcast or what. I don't know. You know, I have no clue. Um, and, you know, I'm not there in the, the meetings before this, and I'm not talking about the fighter meetings. I'm talking about the production meetings. I don't know what they're already saying to the broadcast teams and shit like that. You know what I mean? They could already be kind of going down that path, so they could have just went down that path at a different – alley i guess you could say but anyway yeah that was nonsense um god oh frank martin did get to state his case so we'll get into that uh, a little bit we'll clean up some of that we're, we're that's going to be near the end of the show uh you know in the in the news and all that stuff uh sounds like tank um has somewhat of a plan for his next fight. They didn't release a date or anything like that, but we did get, (laughs) oh, people will bite on anything, literally anything. Um, And that's what it's about on social media, especially Twitter now and YouTube. It just, people just run with it, dude. Even if you can clearly see someone's fucking around or it doesn't even make sense. Like a date can come on and be like, well, they're not going to do it then. You know, um, and don't get me wrong. Some dates can pop up like we've heard the date for, for planted Benavides is actually on a Friday, not a Saturday during Thanksgiving. Um, you know, the, uh, um, Shakur's next fight, right. Against De Los Santos. He's going to be there, um, on a Thursday, right. That's going to be on Thursday. So dates can be weird, but. If something's already scheduled in the venue and it's not small potatoes, meaning you could just, you know, bump it the fuck off, then it's probably not going to happen there. You know what I mean? So, and that was the, the Keith Thurman thing. The Keith Thurman catch weight, whatever. 
Uh, we did get some clarification on that. But there is, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about what Kelvin Ford said on the video. I'm going to credit all this stuff once we get there. Um, but, like I do per usual. But, um, yeah, Kelvin kind of made it sound like it was a big fight. So I think that's why people were like, oh, then it's got to be Thurman, you know? And just running with it. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, we have other fight news. Uh, you know, Munguia is, is supposedly lining up somebody for his next fight. If they can come to terms, <laughs> that's been an issue. Um, well, actually, they come to terms, but they don't. it doesn't get finalized with him of late anyway. And, I, you know, who knows? maybe this last one wasn't his fault. Um, you know, with the Berlanga thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's funny. <laughs> I haven't even finished the open, the opening stuff, and someone's already hit me up about the news that broke about PBC, right? So, of course, of course, you know, I'm not dunking it. I know you're going to say I'm dunking it, and when I don't talk about it right away, you're going to say I'm dunking it as well. But I'm not done with the intro. So, therefore, two things. New offer, Eddie Hearn. According to Eddie Hearn, there's a new offer that that came in from the Middle East. I don't know if it's from Saudi um, or not. Uh, maybe a different entity over there because it doesn't sound like skills challenge, you know, just mysteriously, you know, gone. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. But um, for Wilder – in AJ. Now they're, they're, he's talking with Shelly Finkel. Hopefully he's not calling them different names. No, I don't think he do that anymore, but they're talking about some stuff. Now he mentioned in an interview, this is according to Eddie Hearn, that Showtime's only going to be doing pay-per-views, right? Meaning no championship boxing, no show box, just pay-per-views, right? And then we got a report, and I'm going to I'm going to use the word report loosely, right? Because it it hasn't been officially announced. Uh, I haven't heard anybody talk to Espinosa about it just yet. You know, so I am going to talk about the story later. And, and when I say story, I use it lightly because of the source. A lot of this has to do with the PBC, uh, you know, because when nobody was dogging on Showtime before PBC went there, you know, so... Now it's Showtime's going to be out of the business, kind of. <laughs> you know, I, I guess I could see the pay-per-view thing because, hey, if you know you have a fight that you can make some money on and the bottom line is there, and even if it is 220,000 buys, if you make a little money and then you also have some pay-per-views that make a fair amount of money or, or explode like the, you know, Javante, Ryan Garcia, that's obviously a tough one to top, but... You know, I could see the one-offs because they're saying basically after 2024, it's going to be one-off pay-per-views, which you can kind of see that model, but also on the flip side, you're like, well, I don't know. So so that would mean they're going to go to a different platform and Showtime's just going to do the pay-per-views or Paramount's going to do it. It's, it's, it's vague. It's, it's a kind of vague thing. Um but it's funny because it's something that I, I've talked about as far as pay-per-view models. And we've, we've discussed, you know, ever since 2015, 16, 17, that time frame, 
when the PBC popped with a bunch of dates, and then Top Rank popped on their ESPN deal with a bunch of dates, and then DAZN followed not that long after. Um, what was that? Late 2018, I believe, when they actually started. I think it was like September, October that year. But, um, you know, they have a ton of dates and still do. So, there, you know, I'll get into this stuff. There, there, there is two – I mean, when there's this kind of investment, there was already too many fight dates on TV. I mean, a lot of times in America – in the U.K., by the way, but – We'll clash. We'll have sometimes not just two cards going head to head. We'll have three cards sometimes in one fucking night. Like there are too many. And when you, you know, when you align yourself with one network, one entity, you know, sure, it, it can be a shortcut to get good ass fights, but it also means like you're going to develop your guys. And sometimes we, it doesn't help the product. Some of this stuff should be just on a stream. And it shouldn't be on a broadcast. We've gone over this a lot of times. Um, but it's funny. I hadn't mentioned it much because ever since Espinosa talked about 2024, they're contracted through that. Um, I, I didn't feel a need to, to talk about it anymore. But now there's a rumor coming out, or not coming out, that came out. Eddie Hearn and now this other guy, we'll talk about it. Okay, I'm not ducking it. it just It's not official official. You know, and I've said this the whole time, like, I, I, I'm i not going to, I don't know, like, when HBO was dwindling, right, and their budget was dwindling, their ratings and the quality of the fights were dwindling, um, it wasn't, oh, top rank and Golden Boy's dead now. You know what I mean? It wasn't that from the media anyway. I'm sure some fans said it, some Floyd member of fanboys or something, just like Manny Pacquiao, that, that's a whole cold war there. Um but it wasn't, you know, when Golden Boy and Al went to Showtime, it was kind of 50-50 because Golden Boy was over there, too, and they were popping off with fights, the little connection they had. Um, and then once Golden Boy left, then it was like, fuck Showtime for a lot of people. And it, it's just funny because, like I said, I didn't hear, oh, Golden Boy or, or Top Ranks going out of business when you could see the writing was kind of on the wall with HBO. And so much so that the budget dwindled to the point where top rank was having to put, you know, a fight they didn't want on pay-per-view, right? We've talked about that in recent years. Uh, The last few, like three out of the four Fox fights, right? Like some of those were just like, nah, Thurman Barrios, uh, Ortiz Martin. Now, given that one was discounted, but still, I did like the undercard. But still, it's not a it's not a fucking pay per view, you know. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get into some of that. I'm not going to go too far of that because we've talked about this ad nauseum over the years, and nothing's changed this second. Um, because I've talked about it too. Okay, after 2024, as of right now, you don't have an extension that's been announced between the people. Showtime. You don't have top rank in ESPN having the extension beyond their contract. Um, DAZN and, and Matchroom, they they extended their contract recently. Now, we know – I'm going to get into it later. I'm going to get into it later, okay? Because it just it's, – it's, 
it's news, but not a full-on official report. Okay, because we just we always get this with the BBC, you know, and, and you know I, when you see some people talk about Showtime boxing and PBC today, and then you hear them talk about HBO, and it's like so this it, it basically just shows who's a boxing fan and who's a fucking you know worried about platforms. You know what I mean? I mean, so much so that I literally, like, we've talked about it here. I've talked about it uh, in multiple spaces on Twitter. Maybe at the end of these these contracts, that one entity, and people have talked about Endeavor and, and whatnot, you know, WWE and that type of shit. Maybe they'll just swoop up everything and put it on one thing. I don't know. No fucking clue. What we do here at Rope Adobe Radio is we put it all on the wall. We see what the fuck sticks. We don't come from a biased point of view. We, we're boxing fans. That's what I am. I'm a boxing fan. Most people that call in are about boxing first, okay? So um, if you want to cheerlead, go ahead and fucking cheerlead. But um, it is what it is. It is what it is. Anyway, I'm really excited for this weekend. Like I said, I really like that undercard. It's funny, John, speaking of, John just said, was it last week or the week before, John just said that he thinks the new model that they're going to do is only pay-per-views. Now, was he on certain calls? To, you know, he has super early work tomorrow, so he can't come on tonight. I, plus, I messed up, and maybe he could have came on earlier, but I fucking messed up because I told you I had that. Damn. <laughs> See, I can't even think right now. I'm so tired. Um, I have that nap. It's supposed to be a half hour. Add two hours to that. Anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Rope Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams right live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Rope Dope Radio. However, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and Rope Dope and download the show there. You can find the Rope Dope Radio podcast on Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio, Player FM, Google Podcast, uh, download the podcast app, PodBay, I mean, a whole host of other platforms as well where you're at it once you head on over to The Grueling Truth, Eastside Boxing, and Build Boxing. And one more thing, kick off football season with DirecTV Stream. DirecTV, get the DirecTV Sports Pack. That'll get you the NFL Network, NFL Red Zone, SEC Network, Big Ten Network, there's no annual contracts, no hidden fees. Like I said, for a limited time, I've been telling you guys this, save $30 on the DirecTV stream, okay? Choose Direct TV, the, the DirecTV stream package that's right for you, starting at now $64.99, DirecTV stream. Okay. I kind of butchered that, but I kind of made it through. Um and this is what I'm talking about. It's, it's like the usual suspects in my DMs or my just texting me, some former callers, uh, whatever. They, you know, they, they, they just say, uh, this, is, this is breaking news. If it was PBC landing a deal, yeah, it would, be, it would lead with that. Sure, if it was official news, yeah. You're probably, well, maybe not, you know, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe it won't because, you know, we got fights to talk about, like big ones, but this isn't 100% official, okay? So 
I'm going to treat it like I have treated it. I'm going to give it a fair look and then move the fuck on. Anyway, let's stop talking about that dumb shit, huh? Zhang Joyce, wow. Wow, I mean, you know, started out pretty slow. Joyce was trying to trying to jab a little bit. Um, not a whole lot happened um, of significance in the first two rounds. As we saw, though, it didn't take long, man. Didn't take long at all for Zhang to land, you know, that big, 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 big left hand. Well, the, the actually, hold on, big left hand kind of buzzed him in that third round. Then he followed up uh, with some good shots uh, with both hands. And then just the nasty right hand during the exchange put him down and pretty much out. I mean, he did make it to his feet or whatever. He walked around kind of out of it. But as you see, he didn't. He wasn't saying, you know, let me at him. I'm good. You know what I mean? So um, short but sweet, um, you know, he uh, – I mean, like I said, that, that shit was perfectly, perfectly laced on the chin. And uh, it was a wrap. Now, both of them came in – Heavier, um, I'm pretty sure it was career heavy, wasn't it? A career heavy fight for for uh, Joyce, whereas before he, you know, was way less. So I don't know how much. I mean, he got beat in both of them. Now he, you know, he got knocked out in this one. But um, yeah, I mean, Joyce was always going to be limited, uh, but that's not to say he couldn't still beat some. By you know fighters in in the top ten, I think it's possible. Um, but he just he ran into a style matchup with Zhang that you know and, and obviously hadn't been worried about that left hand a lot, right? Which he landed, like I said, that's kind of what started though, that buzzed him. Um, but he took his time, Zhang did. You know, he followed up, like I said, with using both hands, wasn't just trying to land the left hand, and and then. Boom, he hit him with the right hand and put him put him down for the count. He was done. He was done. It was a great performance. Like I said, short and sweet. Um, I mean, that thing basically was like a 50-50 fight by the time the, bell, the first bell rang. I saw them both minus numbers down the stretch. Um, I, uh, put a, I put money on a KO. I almost put money on a decision. But I decided not to. I was I, I I made a prediction. I think I think I mentioned late T, TKO. Like I said, I didn't think it'd be third round, but I did feel like he'd be able to kind of leave off, you know, pick up where he left off because he's got good timing. Um, he stay at range enough. He didn't get hit as much. Um, he's just a fun fighter, Zang. He's a fun fighter to watch. Like I said, he's got real power. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to see his conditioning, you know, and see if it was going to affect him in the late rounds because it didn't go to the late rounds. Neither of them did. So where does Joyce go from here? You know, he said he's not done. He can have the rematch uh, with Dubois and, you know, a couple other fights. He does have other fights out there. I mean, he's 
not done done if you just want to, but I don't know. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the one to be like, you know, don't fight anymore, dude. You know? Um, he, he just got caught with big shots, dude, and that's, that's his M.O. And it, it, he just wasn't necessarily facing the most powerful guys. And I'm not saying saying Zhang is the most powerful guy in the weight class, but that's going to be an issue, you know? But like I said, he's got power. He's got plenty of pop. He, you know, usually he's got that stamina where he just keeps coming, but, you know, gun shy now. Will he be hesitant? Will he not be that juggernaut, right? And because he feels like he's going to get hit. He can only switch so much now, you know? He's come this far. He's not getting any younger. Um, I don't think it's a huge health threat to keep fighting right now because, like I said, it's not like he took a ton of beating in this one or nothing like that. And I don't know. But Zhang, I mean, it's wide open for him. It's wide open for him. It really is. So, um, you know, we'll see what fight. You know, he can get, and, uh, and uh, from the sounds of it, Frank Warren in multiple interviews now, I think I saw one at Boxing Social, um, they have a deal with it. And that's how promoters generally work, right? So, I don't know. I mean, Joyce, I, I don't think he has to just give up. But, you know, I would definitely, I don't know, it's weird because, like, I say, oh, give him a couple of, uh, you know, couple not tune-ups, but just a couple of, you know, solid fights. But really, I mean, at this age, really? Like, I don't, I don't know. I think that's kind of dumb advice, really. I mean, I'm not saying put him in there with a killer right away. I mean, but I don't know, dude. He's, just, he's already 38. Um, so, you know, he doesn't have a lot of time. So, yeah, I think you should probably get in there, you know, with, with solid fighters, maybe try to work your way up in the rankings and whatnot. Um, and like I said, Zhang is he's not a young buck either, but, um, you know, he, uh, he's got a lot of opportunity in front of him. Hopefully he can get one of the, you know, a big fight. That'd be pretty fun. I mean, people have listed a bunch of stuff, obviously. The one that stands out to me is Wilder and him. I mean, that would be that'd be a fun fight to watch. And he's got personality too, so I think it would be. I think it'd be a good, you know, it'd be a good lead up too. Um, not really going to go too far into, uh, you know, Anthony Yard and Pierce O'Leary and Zach Parker, and you know there there wasn't many upsets or anything like that, so I'm not going to go too deep into that card, um, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, but you know, Eddie Hearn did recently talk about how you never know, maybe that would be a fight that we could make, and, and it definitely would draw interest. And he talked about, you know, when he had Zhang under contract and how it was. We never were, you know, never able to get the government uh, in a venue 
behind him there, but now, you know, some big wins, maybe, maybe again, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying Eddie, but that's what Eddie just recently said, I think, on IFL TV. But here's uh, from pro boxing fans. Eddie Hearn uh, talking about the Joshua Zhang potential. Joshua beat Zhang in the amateurs, and he's always liked that fight. Joe Joyce made Zhang like a southpaw. Oh, Joyce made Zhang like a southpaw. Sonny Liston, people talk about Joshua versus Joyce. Joshua's a different animal to Zhang. Joshua's a different animal to Zhang. Oh, the speed, the combination, that'd be frightening to watch. It's like, well, I mean, okay, but, you know, just like Wilder, he doesn't have great defense or something like that. He can get clipped. You know what I mean? He can definitely get clipped by him. Um, but who knows? And, and also uh, <laughs> Frank Warren on TalkSport talking about that same fight, Joshua and Zhang. It's a no-brainer, but I don't think they'll risk it against Zhang. If he catches Joshua with one of them, it'd be lights out, no doubt about it. So, you know, they're, they're, they're getting frisky a little bit. Nothing too crazy, though. Um, and that same person just said, that, okay, well, here's some breaking news, and he mentioned, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Look what Steve Kim and company have done to you guys, man. It's pretty sad. Anyway, um, yeah, so that's about it from that card. Um, oh, the breaking news, he's saying, that is official. I'm going to talk about it in the news section. It's a, a deal with uh, in, in Japan to, to put on fights. That, that's what it is. Before we get to the main event on the the zone card with uh, Hitchens and uh, Zapata, Zapata, um, Austin Williams did his thing. Um, Like I said, Connor Ben, you know, he didn't. He looked pretty mediocre. He looked like he had been out for a while. Uh, Orozco had a good chin. He, He was able to land some. Decent shots, but he was a punching bag basically. Um, yeah, he didn't look all that great. He did start to uh, put some heavy shots together, put some combos together. Um, ben did. Like I said, ooh, excuse me. Like I said, wasn't able to to get him out of there. But you know, he had been out of the ring for a while. He needed that, and now, uh, you know. Now they're going to try to make that Eubank fight, and they're going to try to fight, you know, in the U.K., and that that's what they're going to try to do. And uh, so, you know, we'll see. We'll see how that goes, see if they can do it, you know. Uh, but like I said, that, that Algeri, uh, this is what Connor Ben had to say about, you know, Chris Algeri getting removed from the zone broadcast. This is boxing news. Um, was it fair that he – got pulled off. If that was the case, this is the first time I'm hearing it. I wasn't aware. I believe I believe in karma, and he's obviously got what's coming to him. So, that, that was what he said. Uh, not me. But, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, we'll see. Because he's still got to do like, he's not 100% um done. And here's also from IFL TV. This is what Eddie said. 
um, you know, on the reports of Algeria getting booted off. Matchroom, don't do the broadcast in America. Obviously, Chris Algeria had a lot to say about Connor Ben. Connor Ben's quite a violent individual. Volatile individual. Sorry, I'm fucking tired. I don't know. I wasn't aware he had been pulled from the broadcast, so he's just kind of like, yeah, I didn't do it. And so I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. You know, I really don't. I don't know. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. And, and you know, there were, like, I don't know. The, the, he still he still has to, like, if you look at the, uh, that Robert Smith dude, right, from the, the uh, boxing, the British Boxing Board of Control, I think it's the general secretary. Um, he, this is from boxing scene. He stands firm that the, you know, that Ben has not cleared his name and should not be fighting this coming weekend. Um, there's an appeal going on. Eddie Hearn says, you know, I'm going to win the appeal. So does Ben. He said, although it's a sport, we don't deal with teams. We deal with individuals. He told talk sport. And sometimes people look after themselves rather than the sport in general which is slightly disappointing. I understand why they do it, but I don't think it, uh, he should be boxing. Personally, I don't think he should be uh, boxing until the matter's fully cleared or, or is cleared. Hopefully it's done as soon as possible. Uh, these things do take a while, though. I, I have noticed that. Although it's a sport... Uh, oh, wait. That's, I just read that. He hasn't cleared uh, his name. A number of issues are still outstanding, uh, which everybody's aware of. We decided to appeal a decision, and once the appeal has taken place, we'll take it on the board. We'll take it to the board, or we'll take it on the board from there. But what Eddie says, he's cleared his name. According to us, we haven't had an explanation of how the positive test came about. So I don't quite agree with Eddie on that one. Um, and you know, Hearn does want to try to finalize that fight, obviously, um, but. You know, we'll see how that shit goes. We'll see how that shit goes. Um, so, you know, like I said, he looked mediocre. I thought I had, he started getting some of the rust off. Ben did. Um, started, like I said, landed some heavier shots, showing some more hand speed than he started with in, in the fight. Um, and then, you know, I mean, he, he looked smaller. I'll say that. That was obvious. Um, whether that's due to whether the, the you know what he got the trace amounts what he, of a banned substance or you know he's uh, not making 160 right now I don't you know what I mean so I, I don't know I don't I don't know he did look he did look smaller though he definitely looked smaller um, and like I said I thought Sandy won that fight I thought Sandy Ryan Ryan won that fight um, I just I thought it was a I thought it was a, I thought it was a clean win. Um, and, you know, I thought the scorecards were pretty shit. I'll just say that. Um, she just beat her to the punch, landed the better punches. Um, I'm not going to say it was toying with her or nothing like that, but, I mean, it was funky, dude. You know, it was funky. What were the scorecards? Uh, well, obviously, a draw, 95-95. And then, you know, split, 97-93 uh, was the one – that was for uh, Jesse McCa- Jessica McCaskill. 
and then 96-94, Sandy Ryan. So, like I said, I, I don't think there was some kind of uh, walk-away thing, like, oh, my God, I couldn't give McCaskill a round or something like that. But I just thought she won, you know. I, I did think Sandy Ryan won that fight, personally. Um, so, on to the main event. You have, you know, the Hitchens, the Pata, um I did notice Hitchens' corner was, like, on the phone. I don't know if he's, like, relaying messages. It kind of looked like that. Like, someone was at home, and he was like, hey, tell fucking Richardson to do this. You're, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, for the first, let's say, rounds one to three, mostly jabs. I mean, not a whole lot other. Not, not a whole lot of other uh, punches landed that clean in the first two to three rounds. The jab was for Hitchens. Um, then, along with the jab, he was stepping back. He was showing a lot of movement, sometimes too much movement, you could say, rather than a pivot and stay within range to punch. Um, but yeah, I think some of the step back was a little too over the top because it wasn't like he was setting up these counters. Uh and if he was setting them up, it was like a long game setting them up. It wasn't like, you know, he didn't land many counters uh, in the first part of the fight. Um, but Zapata, basically, he got some good body shots in, you know, in the first chunk of rounds. Um, that was probably what he was best at in that fight. Uh, but he missed a lot. He was making a miss. Hitchens was making a miss, miss no matter how you liked his fighting started not, but I'd say like fighting style, I'm going to say six, seven into the eighth, that's where um, he started to land that right hand um, and I thought he was showing some better footwork, some subtle stuff, you know, the distance, he was closer to him, not irresponsibly, but he was closer to him and at times he was actually bringing it to him. Now, I know someone's going to say, dude, he didn't do shit. He ran the whole fight. Dude, there's times where he was pressing him back. It's just, that's what fucking happened in the ring. So, I'm not saying he was cutting off the ring and putting him on the ropes and, and going for it. Um, but along with the jab, along with the right hand, along with, like I said, more of a pivot, more of a subtle quality footwork is what I thought. Then the left hand. He started landing the left hand more. Um, the 11th and 12th, he did, I'll give him credit, because a lot of people aren't saying this, but he did pick it up late. Um, now, did he fully press? No, I don't believe that. I don't think he fully pressed to try to land big, big shots. And, you know, it's not like he had to knock him out. You know? So, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I just I thought it was a pretty damn good clean performance. Um, I liked what I saw defensively. Like I said, as the fight went on, I liked how he was adding the left hook and right hands and that subtle footwork, like I was talking about. But we'll see. I mean, I'm just not a big fan of like I saw people. It's like just a it's like a shortcut to somehow dis Floyd and Hitchens, you know? And, like, if you don't like the style, cool. I think there is something to be said about, um, 
just stepping up the activity once you got once you're dominating somebody. You know what I mean? Especially when you're young and in your in your prime. You know, people do forget how Floyd the difference of when he went up in weight and when he got older, how he fought. He did have to change his style, but he could fight every style. So now did he fight uh trying to exchange with people a whole lot and stuff like that? No, he didn't, especially when he was mid to late in his career. He didn't do that a lot, but sometimes you just get forced to doing stuff like that, you know? Um, but, yeah, I, I thought it was – now, the people saying, oh, hands down, he'll beat everyone at 40, I don't see that either. You know, I think he's a quality fighter. Um, I think he's capable of beating some top five and he just beat the top ten. But I wouldn't just say he cleans house at that weight class. Um, because I think I think he can be um, kind with the right – like if he fought Devin Haney, that would be an interesting fight. Um, you know, and, I, and I, that's where I'm wondering, you know, I don't know. He does have a bit of the shoulder roll. Um I don't know. I, I just I, I I think he can be outboxed a little bit where he's not all of a sudden comfortable, and maybe he'd have to get a little bit more aggressive in a fight with Haney or whatever. But um, I think he could get. I'm not saying he can't beat anybody at one. Like I said, he just literally did, but um, and didn't really lose many moments. Like I said in the fight, so. I don't know, man. I, I thought it was a quality performance. I'm not nearly as down on it, but I'm also not going to, you know. I saw multiple people his last couple of fights. Dude, he looks like Floyd. Come on, dude. First of all, let him fight like an A fighter first before you say he looks like Floyd. Or that, that, that reminds me of Mayweather. I, I just think you've got to have at least an elite win on your fucking resume before you can bring up Floyd Mayweather. That's just me. Um, it's actually not just me. I'm sure a lot of people agree. But, you know, like I said, I'm not going to sit there and rip him. Like, he, you know, he, he did what he had to do to win the fight. He clearly won the fight. But he even admitted, like, yeah, I do need to step it up a little bit more. But um, we'll see. And we'll see where he goes next, you know. He was thinking that he was going to get the Haney or pro-grade fight. Well, especially the pro-grade fight. That's what he was thinking. And they're fighting. So he could wait. I mean, it's it's the end of September. You know, would would he be willing to try to get the winner? Would the winner go right to him? And I'm not saying, you know, it's 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 not a, you know, he's just not, you know, that. Um, it's not even about big of a name because Regis Prover is not a big of a name, but he's more proven. So I think he's going to have to continue to prove himself if he wanted a Devin Haney fight. Or, uh, you know, reach his pro-grade fight or whatever. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, I, I think he's got plenty of time um, to keep improving and to work upon his performance because just these subtle little things that he can do um, could make people kind of all-purposely go, wow, dude, I didn't know he had that in him, you know. But, yeah, I thought it was real sturdy. I thought it was a very sturdy uh, performance. So, um so, yeah, someone just popped on. Yeah, I thought Sandy Ryan won the fight, too. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I don't know, man. We'll, uh, 
we'll see where he goes next. Hopefully, he gets a, a, a good fight. I, I do believe he's on his third, like, he's only got one fight, if I remember correctly. Maybe that was it. I don't think so. I think he's got one fight with Matchroom, so we'll see. Yeah, it's, I think it's one fight with Matchroom. Now, who knows? You know, we could say three-fight deal, but maybe there's an option on the fourth, you know, to match. That stuff's unless you've read read it or they've reported it clearly, like, out of the horse's mouth, that is a tough thing to say. But, yeah, hopefully, you know, I mean, if Catterall wins, which I don't know if he will, but, you know, that fight, um, it, there's fights out there for him. That's for sure. So, so yeah, I thought it was sturdy. I thought he could have, you know, improved on it, though. I'm not going to just sit there and say it was uh, uh, just an obsolete performance. Um, and I'm not going to give take away credit saying, oh, Z- Zapata was washed. You know, Jose was washed. I mean, uh, we all know he's not, you know, he hasn't been the same since that war, but that he had, but, you know, he's not washed. I mean, he was doing pretty good against Broker, actually. And it was a different type of fight than I thought it would be. And then he got stung with something and, and just couldn't recover. Um, but we'll see. We'll see where uh, Richardson Hitchens goes. Um, now, before we get to the news, because you know me, I like to stay in the ring, whether it's coming up this weekend or, you know, coming off the weekend. Um, clearly, we got the Canelo-Charlo fight. I haven't watched, I've seen little clips, but I haven't watched the uh, all-access. I have uh, both of them chilling. Um, so I think I'm going to watch them tonight or something like that. I am uh, going to hang with some folks um, for this one. I, like I said, I really love the undercard. And, you know, if in fact, let's just say, right, let's just say, in theory, uh, starting in, I guess, 2025, based off um, this person saying something about it, um, you know, if, if they were only in business, Showtime, Paramount, whatever the fuck you want to call it, um, they were only in business to do pay-per-views, I mean, if it's like this, then I'd be fine with it, you know, because they're hooking up the card, too. We got interesting shit on the card, which we'll get into. But I do want to talk about the main event, okay? I do want to talk about the main event. And um, the, we might as well start with Charlo. Obviously, coming up in weight, does have that layoff, you know, that I, that I talked about. Um it's pretty obvious that Jermel, and even the clips that he released, you know, when he was working with Guzman, him moving and all that, and, and, you know, just the way he was moving, boxing, that type of thing, like, he definitely will have to go back to his old style. Um, this isn't about style points. I mean, yeah, you could make the argument, well, if you're going to beat Canelo, you got to knock him out, or you got to knock him down a couple times. Dude, it's hard to knock like, you just can't, dude's got a chin, and I'm not, hey, Jermel has a fucking chin, too, but we just don't know what it's going to look like at 168, but I would be very surprised if he knocked out Canelo. I, I would. I would. Um, we obviously know he's got elite 
power at 154. Do I think he can move to 160 and hold that power? Unlike his brother? Yeah, I actually do because he's a more pinpoint accuracy guy, especially when he's 100% like on his shit, you know, not, not trying to look for a knockout. And sometimes he does that and scores the knockout anyway. You may think, like in the Harrison rematch, he's losing. You know, uh, he knocked him out. Um, I, I just think that there's a time and a place for everything. He knows it. He knows it. You know, he's got the reach. Pretty much everybody's got the reach. Going back to Canelo's chin, though, like, I got really lucky because I saw probably, I mean, there's probably something in Mexico when you start when you're 15. There's probably something where you got, you know, that we just haven't seen or it's off the Internet. I never got to see it. But I did get to see when he fought Cotto's brother, which casual fans in there at the MGM on the undercard for Mayweather, <laughs> Mayweather, uh, Mosley, casual fans are like, dude, that's Cotto. Like, no, it's not Cotto. I mean, it's Cotto, but it's not Miguel, you know. It's, 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 it's not him, dude. But he lit his ass up. Actually, Floyd, you can make the argument that was the most hurt Floyd and Canelo were on that night. So I really, really picked a good fight to go to there anyway. Or good card. Back to the old style, dude. Use that length. Lots of movement. Use your awesome jab. Stay off the fucking ropes. Do not get caught on the ropes for long periods of time. Can you bait them a little bit? Sure. Sure. But don't go looking for that perfect punch. Don't go loading up on combinations. Don't get greedy with the combinations. Score points. Don't get greedy with the combination punching. It's just you, you can look for counters, like I said. Then pivot. Then move. Reset. Clinch. Do whatever the hell you got to do to frustrate Canelo. It's all about frustrating Canelo to where he's chasing you, you know. Um, you know, my guess is he'll have enough pop, but I'm, I'm, I just, I, I'd have to see it to believe that he would carry that exact power up. And you still got to see it with speed too, but for sure the power, and that's, that's part of his should be the pinpoint accuracy. Like I said, how will his body adapt? It's not the same, man, because you could put on some muscle and be fighting the perfect fight in gas because you got too much muscle. Um, you could not be fighting, you know, you could be not being able to snap your jab and be as sharp and, and, and uh, just as fast, you know. Um, and like I said, I talk about Canelo's chin. It's fucking, you know, it's a set of whiskers. Same with, uh, same with Charlo. It definitely is. And like I said, I do believe he'd take it up to 160. But I don't know if he'd take it up to 68, both power and chin. Now, usually if you got a chin, you're, you're going to be pretty good. And like I said, if something does light his ass up, he's more than capable of getting the hell out of there. Um, he's not a he's not an elite defender, though, you know. Uh, Charlo, neither of them are, actually. But Charlo's not an elite defender, but he's very capable, like I said, of counterpunching. Pivoting, jabbing, scoring points, 
you got to frustrate them. That's really how we've seen this thing turn. And, and you stay on the ropes too long, you look for this perfect shot, whether it's lead or counter, you're going to get clipped with something. Canelo's waiting for it. Um, so, you know, I do think that we'll see Canelo's jab a little bit more. I don't think he should just rely on his power punches. Um, maybe a tad more active. He's never going to be just crazy throwing punches because that's not his thing. But he, he has, I mean, him and Triple G threw a lot of punches in those fights, especially the first two. But, I mean, I would like to see him use the jab more, but not excessively because then you get counter right? But the body work, we know he's trying to, he's trying to cut the distance. He's a very patient fighter. He'll cut it. He he doesn't care about the first couple rounds. I'm not saying he's like, ah, who gives a shit? 100% he's not even trying to win him. Because if if the shot's there, he's going to take it. Now that's where, and like I said, if Billy Joe Saunders and Plant can win rounds, then you bet your bottom dollar, Jermell Charler can. You know? Now, they both got stopped, too, so that's what we're going to see. But, you know, pressing, like, if you do get this scenario where you're not able to land enough power punches, let's say, by the mid-fight, you know, that's where we're going to – and also just being patient, working the body, and then landing that big shot, right? That's what Canelo's kind of done in a lot of his fights at 168. And that's kind of what he is. You know what I mean? He's been on the back foot boxing like against other people than Golovkin, but especially Golovkin that first fight. He put Golovkin on his back foot the second fight. Um, but that's that's where we'll find out the down how far down that slide is he. He's not over the hill. Unless he gets old overnight, he's, he's not over the hill. Those fights with Ryder and Charles, they didn't tell me he was done. Some people are really overdoing it in my mind. But when you're when you're facing elite fighters, if you're if you're not able to, okay, I gotta I gotta go at him here because Ryder he had hurt a couple times and he couldn't finish him. Now, hey, credit to Ryder, he's a tough dude. He's a very tough dude. Um, but. It seemed like it was there for the stoppage. And a couple of years ago, I think he would have got it, right? Now, stopping Golovkin, that's a whole different thing. You know, we know Golovkin's not what he was either at this time. But, I mean, both these guys got great chins. And I like to talk about Golovkin. And that's just tough. That's tough to knock these dudes out. I mean, even to knock them down, it's tough. So, expect, you know, to find the body and to find those big shots. And we'll see if he can still pull the trigger at that time. But, yeah, not over the hill. He's definitely not over the hill. I do think he's not the same, but it's just a matter of, you know, how far gone is he? He's not gone. He's definitely not gone. But how far gone is he? Um, I'm picking Canelo by decision. could see maybe a majority decision. Definitely unanimous one surprised me. Um, I would say I think 
Charlo will win at least three rounds, but if he got in the four or five range, that doesn't shock me. For a while, I've been basically saying eight to four, so give or take. Um, because you never know. He may be doing good, stack up two or three rounds, get caught with something, and then he's got to kind of retreat more than he than he had, you know? Um, so who knows, you know? But don't be surprised if we're at the midway point going in the seventh round and it's 3-3 three, three, or even 4-2. Do not be shocked at that um, because I think – there's going to be at least two rounds in the first three or four that Charlo's going to get. And I think at least one of those, Canelo's going to accept it. He's going to be like, all right, you know. The difference is he's got to be a little – he's got to be more active in scoring points than those other guys that we talk about who tried to outbox, right? Um, or really make him count so everyone can see. Arislandi Lara, you could say he left some shit on, he left, you know, some meat on the bone. No doubt about it, he did. He definitely left meat on the bone. But so does Canelo. So does, I thought they both did in that fight. Uh, on the outside boxing, landing clean punches, jabbing, moving. Um, and that's where having not seen him do it at 168 with his body. Like I said, we all, every, I got news for you, dude. Pretty much everybody's fucking bigger than Canelo when you stand next to each other. But remember, when you say, oh, size won't matter, well, Canelo's not a big dude anyway. I mean, he's wide. He's got some girth on him. You know, no doubt about that. And that's where I think there is a difference. Um, So I think he is bigger there. It's a more natural weight now. But he wins off of skill and power. At 168, most of his fights, it's been skill and power. Um, and the best punch, he lands the best punches. At the end of the day, like I said, he may lose some rounds, like he did against Billy Joe, and, and I'm just keep bringing those two up because of the style. And, you know, it's been, what, since 2014, since he fought Lara? So I don't, you know, but I, I just, I think we'll see a more active guy that can get, Get in there and get the fuck out. And if you're in there too long or on the ropes or in front of them, you better be clinching that dude. You better be pivoting, be circling. And, and it could be like just a quick clinch. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about bear hug holding uh, boo-boo Andre. Uh, or, not sorry, not boo-boo Andre. Uh, uh, Darrell, when he fought Frotch on the road. I thought he won that fight, but if you're going to bear hug, you're not going to get that fucking decision. So that is, that's the thing. Like, you know, that's why you got to be more active. And a lot of it comes with that jab and movement and reset. And, you know, rinse and repeat, you know. That's, that's really what it is. Um, and, you know, Stanima, he has plenty of it. But will that extra, you know, muscle his ass down. That's one you do got to see him at the weigh-in. You got to see, well, on the way, on the, on the night of the weigh-in, on the day of the weigh-in, you do have to see him. That That's going to help. That's going to help, you know, make your judgment. But I have Canelo by decision. But anybody that thinks that it's just going to be a, I don't think it's going to be a Billy Joe Saunders fight where he knocks him out like that. Um, well, now he may knock him out like that or TKO him, 
but I don't think it's going to come that early. If anything, it would be more like the plant later in the fight. And instead of saying, hey, I'm a pretty good fighter, I don't think you're going to get Mel doing that. I think he's going to be putting that jab in his face. You know, maybe you're talking about his jab. He may be talking, but it won't be. I don't know. I just I, I just think he's a better fighter than those two. I think he's on a higher level. And it's been a while since he gave us everything. As far as the outside style that he used to have, but in my mind and many others, he did put it together in his last outing, you know, um, against Castaño. Now, you know, you can say that. The first fight should have went Castaño's way. I think that's fair. You know, at least it was a draw, so, you know, Castaño didn't get the loss. But, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But, um, you know, he, 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 he knocked him out. And uh, hopefully, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Hopefully, he just doesn't make those mistakes so it is a tight fight. I'm always looking for a competitive fight. Now, the co-feature. Jesus Ramos against Erickson Lubin. Um, you know, Ramos, speaking of a jab, he's going to need it. He's going to have to be active. He's going to have to be smart, though. He's going to have to be smart, especially in the early goings. Um, you know, he's going to have to attack that body. He's going to have to be, like I said, smart, but, of course, active. I don't want to be like, oh, he's got to be so patient because that's not his style, but he does have to be smart with it, especially for a while, because, like I said, he can't go looking for a knockout either, you know, Um, because Lubin has a quality and quick-ass fucking jab. His hand speed is top-notch. He's got punching accuracy. He's got plenty of pop. You know, now the thing with Lubin is, well, shit, he needs to box on the outside and move his upper body and all that shit, just like Charlo in many ways. You know, don't – we know that he loves to get dragged in these, these exchanges. And, you know, so don't get into this excessive amount of exchanges where your chin is going to be chinny, and it's going to show up. And it, it always has that, the, you know, when he steps up. Um. So we'll see if he can stay disciplined. I do think we'll have some rough moments for Ramos. I think this that's why this is a great fight, because I think it's going to be, you know, it's not going to be this easy fight. I think you're going to see, um, you know, Lubin coming out looking really good early. Uh, you know, looking sharp. I mean, I've seen him live times or two. I feel like he fought, I mean, he fought like, early on in his career um, at, at the Target Center. And then, you know, he recently fought in the Armory. Uh, armory, not the Armory. <laughs> not in the Army. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the guy is he's fucking talented. Dude. He really is. And um, Obviously, he takes tough fights, you know. And this is a big step up for him in a sense. But it's really a, a pretty big step up you know, for Ramos as well. And this is just another example. I loved how they moved. I love it. I think he's, what, 20-0 and 0 now? He's won a fair amount of my stoppage. 
Obviously, the Mendoza victory looks a lot better now. But he, he spots some you know, solid dudes. Hernandez coming off a good performance. He looked great in that fight. Um, the Santa Maria, uh, you know, you could, you could probably point to certain things. The Spencer fight, you can't point to much except, you know, him doing really well in there. That's for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Lubin is a quality fighter. And, you know, he, he will have some reach on him. And I don't see him moving a lot, like, all around the ring. That's not generally his style. That's why I started bringing up more of the upper body, you know, head movement. He's going to have to do that. And, and like I said, getting these damn exchanges, dude, your chin's going to get touched. And uh, this dude can punch. He can punch. And he's, he, he, once he, he can break you down. He can definitely break you down. And so, but I do think Jesus is going to come through with a decision. Uh, he may stop him late, TKO. I can see that. It's all a matter of what Lubin wants to do. Um, and don't get me wrong, he can buzzer or hurt, full-on hurt Ramos, too, if they do get in these exchanges. However, it generally doesn't go well for Lubin. And as a come-forward fighter, um, if you, you, you know, comparing Ramos and Dora, I mean, you know, you got to favor Ramos on that one. Um, and he, you know, he's still up and coming, but this is a great test. I mean, this is a top 10 versus top 10 fight. And uh, for it to be the co-feature, I love it. It's a great look for Jesus Ramos. It's a great look for uh, Elijah Garcia. I mean, this is this is where you want them to be placed on a Canelo card so the Canelo crowd can see them, casuals can see them and whatnot. Um, so, but I do think Ramos will win. I think, I don't know, man, I, I, because you can make the point that, you know, Ruben just gets, you know, he has two losses, got stopped in both of them, you know. Um, now he had Fundora down. Later in that fight, what was it, the seventh or eighth or something like that? I think it was, maybe it was the sixth or seventh. I think it was the seventh after getting dropped early. You know what I mean? Um, so I just think it's going to be a fun fight. It's a great um, test for Ramos. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't he come down with that minor little injury, so he got knocked off the Spence um, Crawford. So this is, I mean, shit, this is great for him. So this is a good look. And like I said, I've loved how they've moved him. I think it's been great. Sometimes he stepped up against some guys that they thought, ah, man, I don't know, dude, you know. And to be honest with you, like, oh, they're pushed a little early or whatever. I think he only had one mediocre performance. Um, but, I mean, Lumen, like, over the – dude, he's not even that old. He's like 27 or something like that. And he's coming off the Aria spite I saw, you know, earlier – this year, that helps, too. He's coming off a fresh fight, right? He fought, he's got a couple months, uh, what was, this? oh, Ramos fought, uh, yeah, Ramos fought in March. So, he got a little time on him, but it's not like, you know, Ramos has been out, out or whatever. He had that Flintora fight. He had that good performance against Rosario, Boucher, Gallimore. I mean, after that first round knockout, which was a shocker, like it wasn't a shocker now, but that shit was a shocker then. Um, 
you know, they've moved him well, too. And, and I think that instead of having him fight a couple of more fights, why not, why not this one? You know, why not? Credit to Lubin because, you know, it, it, when you go against a guy who's a contender but not yet turned the full page, you know, that, that is a different loss. That said, though, you could say the same thing about his Fandora loss, you know. And if, hey, if it's fucking like that fight, which was the fight of the year or one of the best fights of that year, of last year, um, you know, that's pretty fucking good. You know what I mean? That's, I think that's uh, admirable, that's for sure. So, shots out to Lubin, but yeah, I think Ramos is going to get him. And then the Jordanis Ugas, is he fake? You know, um, speaking of wear and tear, he has been fighting since he was a kid, too. Um, did that Spence beating take something out of him? Um, it's going to be well over, what is it like? Like 16, 17 months, I think. So, yeah, April. So it's been well over a year, let's put it that way. like 16 months or something like that. He's been out of the ring for a while, and I get it, you know. I'm not saying, oh, he should have came right back. No, dude, his eye was fucked up. He took a beating. He took a beating in that fight. Um, so how much does he have left? Have we seen the best of Ugas in that Pacquiao fight, in, in some of those Porter fights, and, you know, eat people off or, or, you know, putting in a good effort or whatever. Um, some people did think he beat enough to Porter to beat Porter or something. Porter did it. Obviously, ultimately, Porter won the fight. But you know, I wouldn't have been. I wouldn't have had a problem with it, with a draw in that fight. I'll tell you that. I thought that was a perfect fight to. to uh, but I, I could see both sides of that. I could. I think you could. You know, name a winner in either one of those. Um, but if he is faded, I mean, and it wouldn't even have to be like he's super faded. A, a little faded, maybe. You know, maybe a little faded, affected from the last fight on top of being out of the ring so damn long. You know, maybe that would be, you know, and, and who knows? But if, if he is, and I, if he's not on the same level, you know, I do think that he could pull an upset Vargas. You know? I, I, I do think that. If he's not, and he's pretty close to where he was April 2022, I think... Um, he'll grind out, he'll get some of that rust off, he'll grind out a win, he'll get the job done. If he's not past it, he should beat him. Now, what was it, earlier this year, yeah, it was earlier this year against Santiago, Barrios won that fight. It was, what, TKO, I believe, or KO or something. But, you know, he in anyone, we got 90 seconds left, uh, for those listening to the browser, 646-381-4990. That's 646-381-4990. You can, uh, you can call in. There's still plenty of the show left. And, yes, I'm going to get to a variety of fights. Um, you know, he had a decent run there. And Akhmedev was probably his best win, and that was a tough-ass win. You know, that was a very tough win. That was a brawl. That was a really good fight. 
twice, I think, Aquadab. Um, but, you know, at 147, is this ideal weight for him? Probably not, you know. Um, he was doing good, as we know. That's over two, over two years ago. Uh, against Gervonta, they got knocked out. He was doing really good in that fight. And then Keith Thurman really never got into that fight. He was outclassed. It was a different style for him, too, and it just, just got, got outclassed. But credit to him, I mean, Gervonta, Keith, get back against Santiago, who's not just this easy beat or whatever, and then right in there with Ugas. So credit to him. Like I said, I think we'll know – the first three to four rounds, it, after the third, fourth round, if, if Ugas doesn't start looking like the Ugas of old, there might be an upset here. You know, I think it will be an upset. But, like I said, I'm calling for a decision win by Ugas. I think it's going to take him a little bit to get that rust off. But once it does, once he gets it off, I, I think he'll win the fight. Like you said, it's the workman's type blue collar. And so, let's see, two, 215 is the lowest you can get Mario Barrios. Uh, 250, I'm seeing on Bet MGM fan duel is like 240 plus 240. So, um, you might as well take the 250, 240. If, if you're feeling froggy, you might as well jump. Okay, that's an old school term. Um, you know, like... I think it's worth taking a flyer out for it. Um, if you can make a personal bet with someone, you know, because a lot of, I don't know. I think, it, I, like I'm saying, to cover your bet, because, you know, if you're a plus 250 or 240, you don't have to put, as we know, as much down. So I, I don't know. I, I, I like Ugas in that fight, though. Um, and then Lubin, I mean, plus 350. The lowest is plus 300, but I see plus 350 at multiple sites for Lubin. Um, now, who do I have, who do I think has a better shot to win those two fights? That's a good question. Someone just asked. Uh, that's a great question. And this is what I love about boxing and predicting boxing and, and type of shit like that because it's it's the variables, right? not just the path of victories and stuff, but, um, you know, this is a nice step up for Ramos, right? Ugas should beat Barrios, but we don't know if he's going to be fresh enough or, you know, faded from that or just kind of how much punishment that he took in that, but how much did that take take out of him, man? It's a good question, you know? Um, Do I think... Lubin, um, you know, I probably, my guess is Ugas is going to be okay. So I guess Lubin, because you get more plus number, right? And then you get, we still, you know, he's showing these little shades of like, hey, he's still got to develop, you know, uh, before he get a major fight at that division, like a belt and stuff like that. Obviously, it's tough to get belts, but it's going to get a little looser, loosened up here. In fact, aren't the was it the WBO, I believe, that that's going to let Charlo go in the ring and strip him? So, um, 
more power. He's got more speed. He's got a better jab. So yeah, I'd say Lubin. I'd say Lubin has a better shot, but I don't think I don't think either of them are going to though. But who knows? Um, then you have I think probably the highest. Let's see, DraftKings has Armando Resendez at plus three sixty. Oh. And uh, plus 350, plus 360, FanDuel, uh, 360, and, and BetMGM. Okay, that's kind of interesting. That is kind of interesting. Oh, by the way, I'm putting money on Ottawa. Uh, I remember John saying this as well. So we got that one, that one. I got Ugas. I got Ugas winning a grinded out type thing by decision. And then... We have uh, the opener, Elijah Garcia, 15 and 0, youngster. He's only 20. He's only fucking 20 years old, dude. Uh, take it on, our, you know, Jose Armando Resendez, and this is this is a damn good step up for him, dude. Um, I mean, and not just because he beat her, because you know it's likely he beat the ghost of her, right? You know, that's but that's how boxing fucking goes. You know what I mean? That's how that's how it goes. And he busted him up, he busted up that lip if I remember correctly. And uh, he did his thing. He did his thing and, and it was earlier this year, right? So you know, um now he took his own let's see. Yeah, Resendo's only losses to um Marcos Hernandez. Let me look at that, because that was definitely at the Armory. When was that? that okay, so that was September 2021. Yep. So, you know, I, man, I this is a good fight, dude. Because when you look at Garcia, you know, he, you know, was spectacular, against that Vidal. Um, just really like, oh, shit. Then he went against uh, Salgado, another good fight for him. And, you know, he, he had to grind that one out, dude. He had to grind that one out. I mean, that was a very competitive fight. And so it's going to be similar to that. Resendez can punch a little bit. Um, and, you know, I mean, so what? He took a loss. It wasn't like he was... I know he got knocked down. It was early in the fight. I want to say like the second or third. Let me check really quick. I think it was the second or third. It was the second. It was the second. So, and this was actually... I forgot about this. 163 and 164 he had fought. Um, I had actually forgotten that he had fought over the middleweight. But, you know, when you don't have a belt or anything, that, that is something that last fight was 161. I'm not saying he's going to have a prop or anything like that, but, you know, Elijah being, you know, fairly green still, and like I said, that that Salgado fight showed me a lot because he picked it up, right? He definitely picked it up to win the fight. I thought he won the fight. Some people were like, ah, I don't think he did. I, I think he definitely did. I think he definitely did, but it was Remember, we, we want fighters to fight 18 times a, a, a year. Obviously, I'm, I'm just kidding. But 
sometimes their body's so used to, like Canelo even said, remember when he fought all those, in that short amount of time, he fought a bunch of fights, and he said after that, dude, I'm, like, I tore up my body, dude. You know, like, I need a break. I, I need surgery, I need a break, this, that, and the third. And so, and, you know, it's, it is a little different for him because he's a youngster. He fought, you know, four times in 2021. He's already fought twice. But to go from, let's get the dates right, March 4th to, you know, six, seven weeks later, um, that is a little different. And so it's nice that he's had a little bit more time, but it's not six months because to be out for six or seven months, he's too young for that. So, um, you know, I would actually say the best opportunity is for Sendez in this one uh, for an upset. I think Elijah Garcia is going to win the fight. That's my prediction. But if I'm looking at all the fights, I think that's the best one that you could pick. And you're still getting plus 360. But I got Elijah. I think he's going to learn from that last performance. I think also, you know, him going right back in the camp and he he did talk about how he just needs a little break for half a second. Um, but, yeah, I, plus 300, plus 275, plus 320 for uh, Jermel Charlo. I remember when it was like 250, something like that. Um, you know, and if you're going to put a flyer, I, I don't see what's wrong putting a flyer out on that one either. I really don't. I, I don't at all. And, and then if you're going to, like, let's say, you know, because there's a lot of people that can't can't bet, like, legally in their state. Well, they can bet legally, but they got to do it on, like, my bookie, right? So I like to use my bookie as well to as an alternate, you know, source so, so we can talk it through a little bit. And, you know, when you look at certain, you know, like odds in the damn this thing is getting all mixed up. Otherwise, I'd be there. Um, you know, you know how you can pick exactly how they want to win rather than just hey, I think Canelo's going to win. You know, that type of thing. And uh, so, yeah, it's 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 props bet, right? Different props bet, and you know, I don't want to make four, three to four under, you know, not, well, they're under car fights, but, you know, underdog bets, you know what I mean? It's one thing to be like buying plus 15 from a 14 or 13 in college football or something like that. But, um, so right now on my bookie, plus 268. So that's relatively low. Um, but, you know, it's still a big number for Canelo, um, relatively speaking because it's not four or five to one on my bookie. But here's my point. If you, if you go Canelo by decision right now, and I did this, I did this when it was like minus 119 or whatever. It's minus 142, you know? So instead of minus 416, or, you know, if you think he's going to win by knockout, it's a plus 273. You know, and then even even with um, it's a nice plus two sixty eight. It's nice, but if you're on my bookie, right? 
or just, you know, go check out the props other places if you have to think before you. But like my bookie, I think, I don't know if Mel can win a decision because it's Canelo, right? Who the fuck can besides Floyd? But by decision, is plus four, four, five. So if, you, if you're going to plus 445, if you're going to put some money to take a flyer out on Charlo, you might as well go by decision. Now, if you want to put a, a little, little amount on a knockout, go for it. I think I'd, I wouldn't do it, but it's plus 947. So it's not like you need to put a bunch of money on it. You know what I mean? Shit, I could, you know, I mean, I could, uh, here, I, I'm just going to thank it. If you put $20 down, it's a return of almost 190 Literally, you could put $3 and it's 28 Yeah, I mean, you could put 5 bucks on that shit if you wanted to. You know what I mean? But, yeah, if I'm, if I'm thinking, the only, the only, uh, that's the only underdog thing I'm thinking about when it comes to this, this fight. Um, you know, I might as well, I don't think he can knock him out, so I might as well go plus four, four, five and get that money. You know what I mean? That's the way I look at it. Um, that's, that's the way I, I think it'll play out, personally. Um, do, 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 do. That wraps it up for the pay-per-view card. I know that there are some fights on uh, the YouTube stream, per usual, right? So, um, oops. And they got, I think, Voshtik is fighting on this. Frank Sanchez. From from the sounds of it, they're having problems finding Frank Sanchez a suitable opponent. Um. It just sucks for him. Um, Gabriel Valenzuela, uh, Terrell Boucher, Beck. Um, oh yeah, and Kermel Moat. He's a uh, he's that prospect that uh, you know um, <laughs> he's making a pro debut. Floyd was talking about you know um, he'll put him in the Loma right now or whatever. Um, so yeah, Boshtik, Frank Sanchez, and I think I think it's the Gabriel um, Venezuela. I think Goucher. I think is it three? Those three or four? I can't remember. Now Goucher is taking on uh, Keandre Leatherwood. Um. So you know, I mean, he's I don't know. He's okay. He's, uh, I mean, he's getting up there in years as well. I mean, both of them are really. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah, I, like I said, I do, I'm do. i going to favor Otto Wallen, Fallen, however you want to say that. I, I do think he'll win. Um, and I'm taking those plus numbers. And uh, I think it'll be my decision. So even that plus two or something could go up. And I know that limits your – People get knocked out. There goes your bet. I get that, but you know, it's it's a risk, right? It's a risk. Um, but you might as well put down, you know, something that's going to be worth it. Or, or you know, that's what I'm saying. If you get plus two hundred more, then you don't have to put as much down. So I don't know. Anyway, um, we are going to get into a variety of news as we kind of go through this here. Um, 
just talking about it earlier. Um, Javante Davis came out today. Didn't announce a fight or anything like that. He's basically saying, um, I'm getting my personal life together. I'll see you at the top of the year. So, you know, it sounds like first quarter. That kind of make you know, that kind of lines up. I kind of figured it would be a little clogged here at the at the bottom or at the back end of the year. Um, now, there was a you know a lot of buzz out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> you know, for it's going to be Thurman, right? It's it's Thurman, dude. Now, two things popped off from this, right? Two things happened that made people think that Thurman and him are going to fight. Okay? Two things happened. One, um, you did have his trainer, Kelvin Ford, you know, come out and say some stuff that lends it to, okay, like it, it lends itself to be like, oh, what are we, what kind of fight are we talking here? You know? Like it, the way he said it, um, you know, because he, he, he was asked about, um, you know, he's asked about the fight. And this was on, uh, was it amateur boxing or main event boxing? I can't remember, to be honest with you. I think it's amateur. I can't remember what the, what this place is called. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, he basically says, right now something big is coming. I can't tell, uh, I can't tell you all that. It's quiet for a reason. They're trying to seal the deal. It's going to make the world turn. Okay? Now, a lot of people need jerk to bullshit, dude. You know? We know what it has to be then. It's Haney in him. Right? That's what a lot of people did switch to. Like, oh shit, it is Haney. And to be fair, like if you're going to go down that path, up until today, we hadn't got an announcement for his fight. So, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, shit, how, what, what are we talking about? What, what, what are we talking about, right? And so that happened, right? And then Dan the Man, um, I thought he was just trolling. I took it as trolling uh, based off, you know, you know, the date's not really lining up. Um, and I just, and also one of his reactions uh, to people saying, wait a second, you know, he kind of laughed at it in the comments. So, which you should follow Dan, the, the boxing man. That's for sure. Danny's good shit. Uh, but, you know, I thought he was just trolling, to be honest, because this is what he said, breaking news. A deal has been finalized for a catchweight fight at 145 for Javante Keith Thurman, December 9th, T-Mobile in Vegas, right? And by the way, I haven't checked it lately, but the last time I checked it was uh, a handful of days ago. It was at 2.2 million impressions. So that's why he's trolling, because look what – the thing is, from December 7th to the 9th, that in-season tournament – for the NBA, that's act. The tickets are already on sale. So, 
So, you know, if that's T-Mobile. So that that's where you're like, well, they're not going to bump that off. You know, I don't think they're going to bump that shit off, you know. Now, could it just be at the MGM? Well, I'd have to go check, you know. It could be, you know. It could have been. Then, then you had Espinosa come out and say, y'all need to stop it with the tank versus Thurman stuff. It's not happening. Stop believing everything you read on social media. Not all sources are the same. And really, there's not a ton of great sources out there. But you got to know if someone's trolling or not, dude. And that, that's the reason why I think he did it. Because look what the fuck. It was smart for what, you know, on his Twitter account, dude. That shit was smart for him. Because look at the shit just popped the fuck off. You know what I mean? Um, so the, it just didn't line up. And I didn't think they'd make that fight anyway. But it didn't line up. But, yeah, when you think of something big, then you're like, well, then it's, it's Haney? I didn't think that was the case. But you could at least be like, well, he said it was big. Another one I thought about is Gary Russell. And to an extent, that would be big. Now, Russell didn't look good in that fight that he was clearly hurt. And, you know, injuries are injuries. Shit happens. But there are times in the ring where you can tell someone's clearly hurt. And I think that does classify as that. Um, and, you know, he's been out of the ring for a while. The one thing about, you know, Russell Jr., though, is that he, you know, he always fought once a year, sometimes 16 months in between. He came out and looked damn good. He's always in the gym. His whole family's in the damn gym. Uh, R.I.P. to, the, you know, to their father, of course. But, um, yeah, I mean, Besides the weight class, I, I like that fight a ton. Um, I think he's a pretty solid B-side. I'm not trying to say it's going to do 700000 on pay-per-view or anything like that. I just think he's a good B-side because we all know Gary can talk. And he'll say some shit. He's a very confident dude. And uh, he's got an interesting style, too. Because, like, is Tank going to try to outbox him? Or is that going to be the I'm coming to you tank? I would take that fight. I like that fight. Um, you know, Frank Martin's name. Go fight out of nowhere. Uh, he's still a name. Uh, many people thought he beat 80. Um, it was a close fucking fight. So that that's not something I would be like, well, the fight doesn't count anymore. You know, that'd be a great fight. And that'd be a great B-side. Um... So we'll see, you know, we'll, we'll see where that takes us, um, you know, I don't know. Now, there is rumors that Showtime may announce, uh, you know, Benavides and Boo Boo Andre this week. Maybe it'll be after the week's done. Um, the date that has been talked about, well, it's been a couple dates, but there is a date that's out there that said the 24th. I've heard the 25th before, but the 24th. So, you know, Thanksgiving weekend. Which, by the way, if you're thinking about going to a Vegas fight, first of all, that's going to be a lot more affordable than the three big dogs that have been there, right? And obviously I'm talking, you know, Tank Garcia, Spence Crawford, and now, you know, Canelo and Charlo. Those are expensive. I'm not saying it's going to be super cheap or anything 
but it would be a lot more affordable, and it's a damn good fucking fight. And of late, they've been hooking up these undercards. Um, now, will it be as stacked as this one? I can't say that because, you know, you have at least a baseline of pay-per-views you know you're going to probably do with Canelo versus Tony. That's not the case in that fight. So, I mean, if they have a baseline, it's just the lower baseline. But the 24th would be Friday, the Friday after Thanksgiving. Now, I don't think it's that horrible of a date, um, but it could be the 25th. But the point is, not only is the fight cheaper, the rooms, and I know you might get a little shaky <laughs> trying to book a room at the MGM in some places in Vegas, I get it, but it's very inexpensive that week because I've gone, I think, three times during that week. And sports-wise, it usually has to do with boxing when I'm there, obviously. But, I mean, you know, that's rivalry week in college football. Obviously, you have the, the Sunday slate. You have the, for the NFL. You have the thir- three Thursday games for the NFL. You have uh, college basketball, Thanksgiving tournaments that pop off. So, it's a great sports week, and, and it's affordable. I know it's on a holiday week. Looking for a fight that would be affordable. It hasn't been announced, but if it is that time frame, you know that would be that would be a good spot. Now, I mean, I'm even eyeballing it myself. It's like, hmm, that's interesting. And I haven't been out uh, to Vegas for a fight in a while. Um, so yeah, but yeah, I have heard actually Hans from boxing. Um, Andre Benavides are officially getting it on November 24th. Kind of interesting date for a big fight night since it's a Friday, but whatever. I'll be on excited. I, I'm really excited for that fight, too. Um, by the way, the WBC, this is Boxing Social, the WBC announced um, a little while ago that Canelo must face avoided mandatory challenger. That's what they, that's what they call David Benavides. Mauricio Solomon told Gambling.com that the pound-for-pound star will have to face interim champion David Benavides in the first half of 2024 should he want to keep a hold of that famous green belt. David Benavides, he is the interim champion. He is the mandatory contender for the WBC Benavides terms for the mandatory status. Is March 2012 obviously be a great fight? Now, you know, does the fight have to happen before Cinco de Mayo? You know, I doubt that they basically at that date they'd say, hey, you know, we're, we're giving you 30 days to negotiate, blah, 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 blah. It probably wouldn't even get to that, to be honest with you. I don't think it would linger into March that there has been that rumor about Ryan Garcia and Teofima Lopez targeted for February 10th. You know, I, I don't I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure if that's the big fight he was talking about or he's talking about a rolly fight. Yeah, I have no clue, man. That one I'm wondering about, but that would be a huge one. By the way, like I mentioned, um, Haney and Progray at the Chase Center. December 9th on zone. Now, it's on zone pay-per-view, which, you know, it is what it is. Um, 
there's been plenty of fights that you thought, man, I wish that was just on normal stuff. You could say the same thing about Benavides um, and Andre, right? But it is what it is. Like, it is what it is. Uh, um, my big, I'm consistent. If it's a quality fight, I, I'll take it on pay-per-view. I'm not a big fan of what slowly but surely happened to boxing. And we went over it, and we're talking about the 90s, too. 90s, 2000s. There's just certain times, because people always say, because, you know, it was PBC still doing the most pay-per-views, right? And some of them were uh, Ruiz Ariola. Um, I mentioned Ortiz and uh, Martin. Uh, who else? Oh, Thurman Barrios. Those aren't main event pay-per-views. So, yeah, I got a problem with those. But if you give me a quality fight on pay-per-view, and it's not a mismatch on paper anyway, you're not going to hear too much complaints from me, you know, because I've just been ordering fucking pay-per-views for so damn long. And I've seen, you know, like we said, we had that pay-per-view long-ass segment episode a while back. And we went through all these fucking pay-per-views that try to prove a point of, hey, dude, this is nothing new. Fights on pay-per-view that shouldn't be on pay-per-view. And, 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 and that's what hurts. Me, not hurts me, but that's what pisses me off is the ones that don't belong on there because it's a complete mismatch. Now, we could say Floyd and Manny fought some guys on pay-per-view that were mismatches because they were at such a higher level. But, and some of them just were. Guerrero and Berto, and then obviously Algieri and Rios, Brandon Rios, and, you know, Pacquiao fought some of those too. Um, but a lot of more quality opponents too. And you can tell kind of the numbers are going up and down. Regis, and, and that's just that's just a tight fight, dude. That's a good ass fight, and uh, they did do. Someone actually sent me this right now. I'm gonna play a little bit of it. Um, they did do kind of a cool little hype video. Uh, so so check this out on your zone. Can you hear me? I gotta step on you. I gotta crush you. You in my way? I'm breaking you down, bro. I'm gonna break you down, break you up, break you. I'm gonna take everything from you. Your levels. I'm at the highest. I'm at the peak. You're a manufacturer. You're not real. You're fake. Just another night for me. Another victim. Another body. I'm gonna fuck you up. Like I keep saying, I'm gonna keep stressing this over and over. Before I'm going. I'm gonna hurt you. Really, you're a little boy to me. Everybody that's there, all your people, bro, they gonna see you get knocked out, and I'm gonna knock you out cold. Fuck boxing. This, this gonna be a mess. Regis, <laughs> I'm coming for you. So, yeah, I did like that promo. Um, and it's shit-talking. I mean, you know, the pro-grade can put people out at 140. We'll see if we see more punching power at that weight class. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so I mentioned Eddie Hearn. said this all over the place, that there has been a variant, a new very enticing offer that has been received from the Middle East stage, Joshua Wilder. They've also talked about um, Vegas. Um, but it doesn't seem like first quarter, maybe leaking into to second quarter. I've always said, you know, I thought the fight was going to happen. If it doesn't, uh, I'll be wrong. Um, oh, rest in peace to Mickey O'Keefe. Um, he actually, uh, he was in that movie, The Fighter. 
police officer. I think he was in there in Lowell. Yeah, Lowell. So, um, you know, shouts out to you, Mickey. Thanks for the, you know, the, the, the effort into the sport. Now, um, Keith Thurman, this is Mill City Boxing, Keith Thurman on Boots Ennis. Of course, I'll entertain a fight with Jared Ennis. Jared Ennis, if that's the contract that comes in my face, and we uh, and we can't get a champ. So obviously, you know, he wants to get a bigger fight. Why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't he be calling out, you know, all that stuff you know, that he was saying to, to Crawford and stuff like that, which I thought was kind of nonsense. He didn't beat anybody or nothing like that. But um, now Keith Thurman, or I'm sorry, Booth side said that it has been off. Um, Bozzi Ennis said that, uh, you know, he was offered a fight by Espinosa, but he didn't take it. That's what he said. There's some more quotes in here, too. This is from YS Media. Shouts out to them. Um, what I make of it, this is what uh, Ennis said, or um, Bozzi. He said, what I make of that is it was just talk. He knows we've been waiting to fight him. Um, so he, he said, all right, then I'll basically sign the contract. Then. All he has to say is if he wants to fight us, we can sign the deal, seal the deal. It's simple as that. Yes, he offered the fight to Keith uh, Espinosa. He told me out of his own mouth that he offered the fight. That's what Espinosa said. So, now, I can see, like I said, making sure that the shit's off the table, right? Making sure that, and when I mean the shit, I mean, you know, making sure he, if he can get a Crawford fight, fucking go for it. You know what I mean? Go for it. You know, so, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Eddie Hearn also revealed that Munguia, Jaime Munguia and John Ryder, it sounds like that's a fight that, could definitely be made. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if that thing has legs because we talked about that. De La Hoya also said this. This was a little while ago in boxing scene. Um, he said, you know, Ryder's a perfect, perfect, uh, you know, fight um, and a chance to do something Canelo could do. Of course, he was going to throw that in, um, which that's a fair, that's a fair point. Uh, De La Hoya said this to Fight Hub TV. I love the fight with Ryder. It's a great fight. Ryder gave Canelo all he could handle. He went 12 rounds with him. He hit him. He busted him up. I think Ryder would be a perfect opponent. The perfect name for Jaime. It'll be a difficult, tough fight. Imagine if Munguia could knock him out. You know, I guess it's something he couldn't do. So, you know, I don't know. There's some opportunities out there. If you're looking for November or December, most likely November, to bring him back. Um, we'll see. I, I hope I hope he can get a fight because it's like agreed to terms. No, it didn't happen. Agreed to terms. No, it didn't happen. And like I said, I was fair. The last one with Berlanga, it does sound like it was the Berlanga side this time. Whereas Munguia, we, we've seen with Benavidez and Charlo, just haven't been able to get it. Um, speaking of fight, uh, Hub, Oscar also said about Ryan Garcia, I would put him in there with anyone against anybody. Only one, uh, Shakur. 
He said, he's a bad motherfucker. Shakur is good. He's actually really, really good. So he said, I don't know if I put him with Shakur right now. Um, oh, a little little clarification, right? We're going to get some Frank. So Frank Martin, clarification, and also um, some clarification from uh, – So the Queens of Ring, Queens of, in clarification for the Frank Martin stuff, we'll talk a little bit about some other stuff, of course. Yes, we're going to talk about the PBC call now. Um, or Showtime, whatever. Uh, so the Queens of the Ring had him on, and um, Frank Martin told his side of the story. There's an interview. And he basically, first and foremost, he said there's no change in trainer. There's no change in promoter. That was a rumor that was out there that that was going to happen. You heard it here first type shit. Not from me. I'm saying it was out there. Um, he did admit that he wanted a little more. You know, he basically agreed to the fight without looking at the without the money, uh, just to get so the purse bid didn't happen, and they thought that they'd be able to get more money on this side of it. Um, and he said the 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 fifty fifty was bullshit, this is what he said, because a lot of this stuff can be he said, she said, now we haven't heard Shakur come out and say, no, that's bullshit, but who knows, Shakur can mislead people too, a, a lot of people can, he, we've caught him in straight up lies, a lot of this shit is Twitter stuff, dude, um, that doesn't make him a lesser fighter, though. you know what I mean, and, and who knows, like I said, it's he said, she said, I'm just, we heard, we heard Shakur say it, on it. Now we're saying this. He said I wanted a little bit more because he felt like if we went to Persman that it, that mill wouldn't have been in there. He wouldn't have been able to get a mill. But he said he just wanted a little bit more, but he wouldn't look for 50-50. So, um, you know, he did agree to fight without knowing the exact money split. Uh, J-Bro Added to this, so per Martin, he agreed to fight Shakur fight before seeing the money. The narrative uh, that Martin's side didn't agree is debunked. Um, and then once he saw the money, which was seven figures, he thought it was too low and asked for more. So the theory that it wasn't six, six figures is also debunked. Yeah, so kind of a both both ways around it. Um, uh, Korea Del Trill said, I don't know. If y'all say Frank ducked, as long as y'all stopped saying Kerr, Kerr did that to Dev, was any different. Both got offers they didn't agree with. Frank tried to counter with Shakur, ran to the WB, but Shakur ran to the WB instead, saying he wanted 50-50. And Shakur, according to Frank Martin, lied about the 50-50. And I will say this, he hasn't, he never did, he said in the DM, we talked about 50-50. Talked about they talked about splits and all that, but he said 50-50. He hasn't produced that DM just yet. This is from Queens of the Ring. Um, verbally, I agreed to it, but I didn't ever know what the money was. I figured that the money was that the money was. I figured out what that money was, and you know it wasn't cool. I wanted more. A million ain't no fucking million once you take taxes, training fees, all that. Uh, what I was asking for wasn't outrageous. It was just a little more. Um, for what he was getting paid, 
what I asked for was reasonable. The fight could have happened. It's all about the money. But he said, you know, the 50-50 thing was cap. Just, just putting it on both sides. You know, it is what it is. Okay? It is what it is. So that, that's, what, that's what it is. Um, oh, Terrence Crawford said on the real Trav Hartman. Okay, here, this is, this is kind of interesting. So he said, um, so he said that, um, you know, Spence, right, because we heard that, and this is the thing about hearing shit, that's why I like to sort out this stuff and don't jump to a conclusion until we get as many facts out there, at least as many things we could throw up on the wall and see what sticks, what logically makes sense, okay? Because after all, none of us have run, read the contract. We've heard a fair amount of details, but this is interesting. He said that the, the contract states the second fight will be at welterweight unless either fighter notifies in writing that they cannot anymore, which he says Spence has not done. That's what he said. Now, he said that a little bit ago. We're talking like three, four, five days ago. And it's not like Spence came out and was like, no, that's bullshit. You know what I mean? Which I think he would. Now, if, capital I, capital F, if this is true, holy shit, Spence, what the fuck are you doing? At some point, you know, I can be stubborn, right? <laughs> I can be stubborn. And a bunch of people can be stubborn, right? And a lot of these people that get to the top of fucking industries and in boxing and sports, whatever, these motherfuckers are stubborn as fuck. That's how they got there, right? So it can be a great positive in their lives. I'm not trying to rip them. But they're it just if, if this is, this is true, and he's going to fight him at, to, to prove some sort of fucking point, he's going to fight him at 47 again. I just don't... It just doesn't make any fucking sense. It just doesn't. So, I mean, I just doubt that he dropped the ball that much by not saying, by not filling out the little paperwork thing or whatever he said. You know, that you have to, in written, say I can't make it. Well, shit, written. He said this shit right after the fight. Hopefully I get the rematch at 54. So that would be crazy. That would be crazy. Now, he also said, Crawford, he said, Errol Spence is a great fighter, but there's no comparison. When you compare Spence and Crawford, there's no comparison. I'm already going to be a Hall of Famer. If, uh, if we retire right now, he's not a Hall of Famer. Um, and Gritty made a Good point, though, and that that's fair. I think Spence ultimately will get into the Hall of Fame because if you acquire three belts against quality guys, that generally will get you in, and we'll see what he does on this back part of his career. But the, <laughs> Gritty did make a point, so Bud has zero Hall of Famers on his resume, that's what he's saying. And that's fucking true, then. That is true. Because I don't see no Postal or Gamboa or Porter going to the Hall of Fame. But who knows? Who knows? Uh, and you can make the hey, you know, you can you can make a point when guys win a belt, lose a belt, win another belt. That's usually good enough to get in in a lot of time. In in some 
it matters who you are. Gotti, you know, we know Gotti shouldn't be in there. There's other guys that should be in there. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Luis Alberto Lopez has uh, requested special permission from the IBF to try and negotiate an IBF WBO featherweight unification rather than take it on as mandatory. Now, that would be against Ramirez, Lopez Ramirez. Kind of interesting there. Now, the last couple of days, we also heard about, you know, Roley. Roley got, you know, the WBA granted him an injury exemption. He must defend March 2024 against Davies or Barrios. That's what got ordered. So they're going to fight. And if he wants to keep the belt, that's what's going to happen. Now, he may not want to keep the belt. I don't know. I have no, I have no clue. I have no clue. And also on that interview with Crawford, by the way, the Hartman, Trav Hartman, he said that, you know, he made it clear on there that he said, hey, the goal is to become a three-weight undisputed champ and then retire from boxing. And, hey, that would be big. That would be a big, big deal, wouldn't it? Oh, my God, that would be nuts. Uh, speaking of rankings, Chris Eubank Jr. has now um, risen to the number one spot in the WBO middleweight rankings following his win over Smith. Um, this means he is in line to become the Mando challenger for a shot at the Janabic and Vincenzo, or whatever that dude's name is, uh, their uh, unification, IBF, WBO. So I guess that's in your back pocket. And these are the dates that he said Eddie Hearn about that, just to clarify February or March after a proposed Saudi deal uh, stall. So they could both get, and he went on to say, so it kind of is that old story. If we're going to fight him in February, then maybe we won't, we're probably not going to fight in December. But if he gets to push the, push the March or April, or well, it wouldn't go to April if it's in the Middle East, but um, that they may take another fight. We, we've heard rumors that Wilder's looking to take another fight. We'll see. Channel 4 over in the U.K. did have a report of allegations of sexism and racism, uh, Islamophobia against the the, Brit, the, boxing, the British Boxing Board of uh, whatever the fuck, the Triple BOC, right? Commission. Um, so they're talking about, it basically centers around um, some, uh, some referees. So, uh, claim, well, claims from one fighter and two refs. And now they've denied the allegations. I didn't see the special, but, you know, we'll see whatever comes with that. Um, speaking of, uh, we talked about Saudi earlier. Of course, the sports washing is always tied to that. If sports wash, this is what the, the Saudi crown prince said. If sports washing is going to increase my GDP by 1%, then we'll continue to do sports uh, you know, washing. But, yep, that, that's about right. I don't know if anyone's shocked about that. Uh, Dan Raphael said it's remarkable for many reasons, not the least of which is putrid news judgment. Is putrid news judgment? What? That there hasn't been a single... Oh, okay. News judgment. Weird. There that there hasn't been a single word on ESPN's boxing page about Conor Ben being 
licensed in Florida messed up the PD case when it's the biggest story in the sport this week. That was last week. Um, so, had to get that out there. Oh, yeah, and then Eddie Hearn, Matchroom announced they signed a deal. I think it's three, a three, three-year partnership that calls for three. They call it major world-class boxing events in Japan per year. Uh, so the broadcast will be in the U.K. and U.S.A. for the zone, but not Japan, which that kind of surprised me. But we'll see. Now, Canelo, speaking of excuses, Canelo said, you know, and that was on that long run of fights he had or whatever, uh, about Dimitri Bibble. He said, I wasn't 100% physically speaking. My hand wasn't 100%. I couldn't train 100%. A week before the fight, I suffered a rib injury during training. I should have, I shouldn't have fought. That defeat still, um, still a pain in my heart. I still haven't gotten over that moment. It affected me deeply because I shouldn't have lost. Um, I am simply better than him. I don't agree with that. Clarissa Shields is still on this, dude. She's still. I saw this thing about TMZ. She could beat Keith Thurman, Porter, and Triple G. Like, phew, that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Um, anything else before we get to the last couple things here? Um, <coughs> I don't think so. Okay. <coughs> so, there was... Two things came out when it comes to Showtime. This was from IFL TV. This is Eddie Hearn. He suggested that Showtime could be pulling out of boxing except for pay-per-view at the end of this year. I've heard it from numerous sources this week, but Twitter's full of numerous rumors, clicks, or, or oh, bullocks, but I heard it from three or four newsworthy sources. Okay. And then someone tweeted, I can confirm that Showtime will not be continuing their boxing schedule after 2024. Now, Espinoza came out and said that, and that's why I haven't talked about the topic that much lately, because there hadn't been any movement. and They're having a great year, right? Um and, hey, if Showtime does go out of biz, they're having a lot better clothes than the HBO did. But um, they are – PBC and Showtime have an agreement until the end of 2024, okay? That's what we do know. And as of right now, it hasn't been extended, okay? These are things that we don't do know. Now, we don't – maybe there's some paperwork that just hasn't been announced. Maybe this is true. I don't know. I just take it in, okay? So following, this guy says, following a number of conference calls across the pond over the past fortnight, I can attest that Showtime will be pulling the plug on boxing after 37 years in the industry. It should be noted that the remaining schedule for 2023 calendar year will remain unaffected. However, beyond, so it says, however, beyond 2024, Um, There are no plans to renew the current deal and that outside of sporadic pay-per-view, Showbox will no longer be a feature. If Showtime dabbles in boxing, 
it'll be one-off pay-per-view events, okay? So this um, Elusive 2.0, Boxing UFC Analyst Entrepreneur, My Thoughts on the World. That's what it says, Italy. That's what this guy, I haven't known him to be a newsbreaker, you know? Um, so I don't know. You know what I mean? I, 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 we don't know this shit, right? We, we don't know. We, we just don't know. Because there's been, I mean, since like six months in, so getting close to the end of probably the fall of 2015, and mind you, March 2015 is when PBC launched. They were already saying it's dead. Now, this doesn't, it says Showtime that they wouldn't be renewing. So what would that mean for PBC? Now, I'll say this. Um, once the PBC did all their their network deals, the, the time buys, and then ultimately did get in 2018, I think it got announced in the fall, um, you know, that, that they got a deal with Fox, right? And then obviously um, – in 2017, ESPN signed a deal, and then when ESPN Plus came along, they signed a new deal, right? And then DAZN came along that next year, 2018, right? So there was so many goddamn dates, fight dates, right? And as a hardcore fight fan, bring it on. Okay, cool, you know? But it is a lot. And if you look at the amount of dates, and especially when you have Matchroom signed with the zone, you have Top Rank signed with ESPN. You have the PBC now just with Showtime instead of you know Fox and Showtime. But either way, it's a lot of fucking dates. And not only do we see, like I said earlier, you know, you have two events going head to head. Sometimes you have three events going head to head. So at some point, there what there is too much boxing on. There's just too much of it. And I know people are going to go, what, what? I've been saying this for years. There, there is, it just, it is too much. We, you can't keep the, it's, it, it's diluted it. You know, now we get more mid-level fights. We get certain things that we didn't get before, but it, it, it is too much, right? It is too much. And with that investment, I did, you know, pretty much everybody, most people were calling for, some sort of shrinkage. And we saw the networks and platforms, the budgets were, were cut. Not all the way, but they were cut. And ever since we got out of COVID, the ratings have gone down. Now, not just with Showtime, ESPN as well. It's hard for them to crack a million now. Like I said, everyone focuses just on the Showtime ratings that have been lower. No doubt they have. But if you look at it comparatively before COVID and after COVID, they're down too. So, you know, like I said, a lot of clashing, a lot of that type of stuff. It's, it's, it is a lot of stuff. And ESPN, top rank, like I said, li- listen to what they signed. So it, it basically, they, they re-signed, they had a deal, and then 2018, like a, about a year later, they signed another deal seven-year deal. So it said the contract, blah, 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 four contract immediately replaced the four-year deal that they had done the summer before, but it's, and it runs through August, 2025. 
Okay, so it's 2025 now. Right, but it calls for 54 live boxing events, right? And, and a bunch of other stuff as far as they're having ESPN access to their stuff, right? But it says 54 live events per year, including 18 cards on ESPN, 12 more primetime cards that will stream on ESPN Plus. Primetime's here, and then 24 premium international events. Now, you know and I know ESPN ain't doing 18 cards here, let alone the other 12 primetime cards on ESPN+. Plus. Now, they've changed it. Every fight that's in ESPN is now on ESPN+. Plus. But my point is, we have speculated here on the show, I've done it with other people uh, on Twitter spaces, of wouldn't it be great, <laughs> you know, if they could buy up, top, someone could buy a PBC top rank, maybe Golden Boy, uh, because they're, they have a short deal too. Um, you know, now Showtime increased their dates this year, so it is kind of weird to now pull out after 2024 with a big increase. Maybe it is just going to be one-offs because they know they can make some money off it. I will say this, when, when HBO ratings and their budget was dwindling, you know, I didn't hear Top Rank's dead, Golden Boy's dead, you know. Now, Top Rank was smart. They got out of there and got the ESPN deal, and a lot of that had to do with their catalog as well. And another thing you got to look at is who's reporting the thing. Who's reporting it, and then the timing, the timing of this. But, yeah, John literally mentioned that Showtime PBC might be just doing pay-per-views from here on out and stacking the cards. He usually he just said that. He said, I think that's their model. Maybe this happens, maybe it doesn't, but maybe – like Endeavor is the one that's been talked about the most, UFC, WWE, if they could pick it up. I mean, if PBC and, and Top Rank and Golden Boy here I'm talking about, because like I said, Eddie has a, a – he just re-upped his deal. Um, if they could buy that up and put it on one thing, whether that's ESPN or some app, that would be great. That would be phenomenal. In 2025, that's possible. That would be ideal. I'm not saying it's going to happen. It'd be ideal. And maybe Paramount is going to do, you know, do something different. It's going to be on the Paramount Plus. And, and maybe they use the Paramount uh, cable channel instead. And they don't do the show. I, I don't know. I have no clue what's going to happen. And no one, not too many people actually do. Um, but like I said, you hear a bunch of celebrations. You know, and you miss HBO so much, but then now you're like, oh, I told you. So I've never said which way is the other one. I just know they're having the best boxing year this year. They had a damn good six months last year, kind of fell off, that's for sure. And then in 2021, they had the best year, too. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Time is running low. Enjoy the fights. We'll be back next, uh, next week. Peace.